The account of Palm Sunday from Luke's gospel is Luke chapter 19, verses 28 to 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as, they were t- as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the gospel of the Lord. Palm Sunday uh, starts off Holy Week for us as the Christian church, uh, the most important and sacred week of the year, because it is the last week of Jesus' life on earth as he dies and eventually rises for our justification. Unfortunately, uh, the practice of going through Holy Week seems to be losing popularity in the Christian church in general in North America. Uh, If you're part of a more traditional church, maybe a Roman Catholic church or an Orthodox church, you would probably still see something of Holy Week. But when it comes to the milieu of Protestant evangelicalism, uh, the practice of Holy Week seems to be falling out of favor. And I think one of the reasons for that is that uh, Holy Week forces us to look at the dissonance between God and human beings. As you read through the rest of the gospel, you can probably get yourself out of some of the conviction that the law has for you. You can think about being a disciple and say, well, what exactly does it mean to carry my cross daily with Jesus? Or you can hear the parable of the sower and say, what would it be like to be good soil? How can I maybe get a little bit better? Or you might read the parable of the good Samaritan and start to think that maybe you're the good Samaritan being generous to other people rather than the man left for dead on the side of the road. You can make your way kind of out of these things logically. But when you get to Holy Week, you are confronted, your nose is almost pushed into the fact of the dissonance between God and human beings. That ever since Adam and Eve decided that God's word was not worth listening to and Satan's word was worth listening to instead, human beings and God have been separated. And it's so obvious when we get to Holy Week. Jesus is is mocked, he is beaten, he is ridiculed, he is flogged, he is forgotten, he is betrayed, he is crucified, he is abandoned by all those who love him. And that's us. Not us sitting in this room, but us humanity. We were like that to God when God showed up. And I think that leads a lot of people to not want to talk about Holy Week all that much. Maybe we'll celebrate Easter because that's the good, happy victory, we all win part. But what good is a victory if you haven't known the conflict? Here's the conflict. Human beings rebelled against God. But the good news is, Jesus saves That despite the conflict between God and his people, despite the conflict between the people who were there on that Palm Sunday and you and I with God, Jesus doesn't get 
irritated or, or decides to abandon the plan. No, he keeps his face set towards the cross where he would have had every right to say, you know what, I've been doing this thing for three years and by this point you would think people really would understand who I am and want me to be their savior. And here they are throwing me to the Romans, trying to get me killed. You know what, I'm done with this whole savior of the world business. They can have it their way. But he doesn't. Like a lamb before, its shearers is silent. So Jesus did not open his mouth to the ridicule, the mocking, the torture, the death. And we see that pictured first on Palm Sunday. I think you can have interesting arguments about whether or not the people who were crowding the streets, who were waving the palm branches, shouting Hosanna, and putting their cloaks on the ground, really understand, understood Jesus or not. It's an interesting theological discussion. But here's the main point. By the end of the week, none of them were at the cross. Whether they understood Jesus or not, they weren't willing to stand with him in his darkest time. And truthfully, that's what I would have probably done. I would have looked at Jesus and said, the miracles are great, the teaching is great, but as it started to get darker and darker and darker in Jerusalem that week, I I don't know that I would have stuck around. I'm kind of averse to difficult situations. I don't like putting myself in them. Maybe you're similar. But Jesus is. And so for all the times that you have been unfaithful, that you have not valued God above your own life or your neighbor above yourself, Jesus went to the cross. And so we can do something that sounds eerily similar to what Palm Sunday had, but is in many ways entirely different. We can shout Hosanna to Jesus, not because he maybe is going to overthrow the Romans or he's going to give us economic prosperity or fix social problems of our life, but because he is going to save us from death. He's going to save us from the sin that oozes out of every single one of us every single day. He's going to forgive us. He's going to make us righteous. Not because we've earned it or been particularly faithful, but because he has earned it and is faithful. And we would sacrifice for him. Those people who maybe only had one cloak put it on the ground because they thought, well, Jesus is going to provide everything that we need. In our life, we can sacrifice for him. Not because Jesus is necessarily going to give us more clothes or any sort of economic prosperity, but because he is going to give us our daily bread until the moment when he decides that you no longer need it so that you can go be with him. And we can wave palm branches, a sign of victory, both in Roman culture and in Jewish culture. Not because we think that we're going to defeat our political enemies or take back control of the culture, but because we know that we have something that goes beyond this culture. We have something that goes beyond this life. A victory that will not end. A new order of things, for the old order of things will pass away. On this Palm Sunday, as you hear the crowds shouting and waving their branches and putting their cloaks down, remember what they missed and don't miss it. And then respond in sacrifice, in worship, in repentance. And see your Savior earn everything that you need. Let's pray. Jesus, on that first Palm Sunday, you went into Jerusalem to show us what kind of king you are. A king who gives up his life for us. So we pray that we worship you rightly, realizing ourselves to be the problem and you the solution, but then also help us see that the sacrifice that you gave sets us free from sin and death. In your name, amen.